You are listening to You've Got Five Options show, where every week Marta and Anna abandon their five children, two partners, and one cat to make a show especially for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom, and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of fire. Hello, everyone. This is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. Live on air. So if you are listening to us right now on the radio, we are live, 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 and you can actually interact with us if you wish. Marta, how people can re, uh, interact with us? We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. Um, so you can go on Facebook and you can find You've Got Five Options. Mm-hmm. And you can write to us because we should have a phone here. But I believe that it's kind of like missing. It, it disappeared. But next time, let's try to get it so yeah. that uh, people can actually also call us. It has happened before that people called us. Yes, but we uh, definitely have received messages uh, way more often than the phone calls. So now I can see that Marta is opening her Facebook. So we will have our messenger on our Facebook page open. So if you are listening to us and you have your mobile or computer on hand, you can write to us in a real time. And we will um, interact with your comment or question because today we have a very special show. Today we are only and only answering questions and representing opinions of our listeners. And if you are totally shocked because you were waiting for the part two of our five challenges uh, to deal with in those uh, crazy Corona times, well, we have decided to put that on pause. And the main reason is because we received uh, another challenge and we received a lot of questions which we wanted to address first. And then we will come back to that other thing. That other thing. We will come back to it. Uh, it's just we thought that maybe it's time to do something a little bit more interactive. And oh my God, I have uh, burped uh, live on air. Uh, fantastic. So now you have a proof. This is live on air. We are not editing this out. Um, we have actually received eight questions from our listeners. I'm not sure how many of them we will be able to answer. And we have also received one message from a listener in uh, USA, Chicago. And she is uh, she basically gave her opinion. Uh, she have asked a question uh, while also uh, um, giving her opinion. Uh, so there will be a question there as well, but there will be a lot of feelings that she and her family and the close one have about the whole situation in the United States. I believe it's um, quite interesting to, to hear it, especially that we don't really have a way to communicate with each other or visit different places. And, uh, you know, we can only see what's happening in the U.S. Uh, from the news. Um, she's from Chicago, so this is not, for instance, New York that seems to be the epicenter of, of the disease. So maybe we can see something uh, from another part of, of U.S. How does it sound, Marta? It sounds interesting. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I wanted to say that we have received the first message um, on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to say, uh, David Villanueva. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing to us. So far, we have received Ola. So Ola back at And uh, if you would like to write something more than that, (laughs) we will be excited and happy to share it with all our listeners. Yes. So as you can see, the messenger is working and my boyfriend is writing. (laughs) This is not only for my boyfriend. Okay, he could also text me normally. So, but really, it it work it it is working. So, please write to us if you see anything interesting. But uh, I believe that 
We will just jump into the first question. I will just quote David Villanueva, who wrote, ha, 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 ha. That's as much as we get uh, of interaction with our listeners. But, you know, that's really amazing. If your life partner is listening to us live right now on the radio, the radio is working, the messenger is working. I think we are on fire. Let's jump into the Let's questions. Let's jump into the questions. So, as I mentioned, we received eight different questions, and they actually are about very different topics and I will start with something hmm how to say personal about private lives so we have a question from our listener listener in Hamburg and uh, she's asking how can recent singles get used to and cope with the sudden loneliness that is super drastic no social contact at all and really extended due to the coronavirus. So I could uh, assume that uh, it can be tough if you have just went through a breakup and uh, and you are a recent single, as, as our listener is mentioning here in a question. And now, um, yeah, you are locked home alone. And uh, how can you cope with that sudden loneliness? It's It's a tough question. It is a tough question. I right away remember that uh, in Denmark, that question was uh, asked uh, publicly. Really? Yes. And the minister of, and now I don't remember if it was the minister of health or from that Serum Institute. I don't know, remember which one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was a public official, you know, statement uh, from the officials in Denmark saying that, yes, uh, sex is healthy. And there should be no way, you know, to uh, avoid it. I mean, that we shouldn't avoid it. Um, So basically, uh, (laughs) I don't know if that answers the question. I I really (laughs) believe that all you wanted was to put that information in the show somehow. Well, but uh, yes, I I have read the same statement. I think it was a minister of health, actually, who said that sex is healthy and we shouldn't restrain ourselves. However, uh, I would like to learn about the logistics from the Mr. Minister. There were logistics displayed also how to stay in the proper distance, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in the proper distance, like don't do handshakes and stuff, you know, uh, as you are doing it and what kind of positions uh, could uh, allow you be being in a proper distance as well. So yeah, but people I think can be creative. Very, <laughs> very <laughs> creative. You should see what Dennis has showed us. That opened a whole new world of, uh, of uh, sex activities. Uh, but I would say that uh, sex is definitely healthy. The problem is that in these times, it's probably difficult to meet someone uh, to have sex with, to begin with, unless we are talking about uh, did the minister meant masturbating or the actual? No, the actual sex. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we came up with with one angle of it, of course, right? I mean, sex is one thing that you might be missing when you are a mm-hmm. recent single. There are, of course, other things that are just as important. And, of course, the loneliness, the general, you know, I mean, you are dealing with the heartbreak and it's a difficult emotional time. And, of course, one thing is make sure that you get the emotional support. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are in this kind of situation, anyone who is in any difficult mental or emotional situation right now is very vulnerable uh, when it comes to the times where we are not allowed to meet freely. Maybe we cannot even go and see our therapist, you know, whatever. I mean, many people are vulnerable at this point of time. Mm-hmm. So definitely make sure that you reach out and get emotional support. Mm-hmm. And I have also been seeing online people talking about it, you know, how do you date in those times? And people actually started dating uh, online, meaning that they the Zoom, I mean, the Zoom must be getting so rich right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are getting coffee meetings on Zoom. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they've, they, I mean, luckily, we are already living in times where a lot of interaction is happening online anyway. I mean, no one in those times have any problem anymore by meeting people to date online. I mean, no one is, of course, an <laughs> overstatement. I'm sure there are some people, but it's totally normal now to meet people through dating sites, through dating applications and so on. So that's that's good news, because if we needed to come up with that right now, <laughs> that would yeah. be uh, that would be difficult. But we already know that. Mm-hmm. So you can start dating 
someone online. Yeah, I believe that we we have covered, you know, the sex and the dating part definitely very well. I completely agree with you, Marta. I believe that online dating was extremely popular way to meet someone uh, before coronavirus. This is how I met that guy who is writing to us on Messenger uh, on Tinder. And um, and I think that currently there is no stigma or shame in that. Uh, Another angle that I would like to... um, talk about here is you know when you are a recent single dear listener um, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you should be dating again right you might need some time for yourself and I believe that for some people the lockdown might be a blessing in disguise because many people after breakups they throw themselves into uh, coping mechanisms that are not necessarily the most healthy. So people start to party, go out, or endure, uh, or, or immerse themselves with work just to forget, or, uh, for instance, start dating straight away someone new, right? And it's very easy to try to um, basically forget, try to to use activities to forget about your heartache um, when everything is around you open and you have so many different ways to do it. This situation might actually force you to do some inner work and inner um, examination of what went wrong with your relationship. I think we have this topic discussed already so many times on this show, and we actually had one show dedicated uh, solely to trying to um, taking your time and and, uh, self-analyzing what went wrong with my relationship. Um, I have myself, uh, before I met my uh, current and hopefully the last uh, life partner, I have myself taken at least half a year of vacation from the dating and and uh, relationship market. I was not engaging in any flirting conversation, nothing. I was basically trying to um, get to some sort of uh, inner realization of what was happening with my relationships and with me throughout this time. Am I choosing my partners uh, because of some biases? Or what do I really want from the relationship? Who should I really seek for? Uh, What would be uh, my uh, bias or my baggage that I would like to or would have to solve? And that required actually quite of a Emotional lockdown from everything else, not to get distracted by going out to the bar or dating or working too much to forget about someone, but actually face your disappointment and heartache and and try to learn from it. So the next relationship, I will choose more consciously and I will know what I want and I will know what are my uh, shortcomings and I would be able to fix them. So that can be for some people a blessing in disguise. However, if you feel really down and really shitty, um, it is important to reach out, as Marta said. You can do both. You can do the self, self, uh, I don't know, healing or exercising or realization. Uh, I will actually link some of the materials in the show notes to this episode. What can you do? How can you, how can you do those uh, exercises for yourself? Um, and remember to keep in touch with people if it's really tough, because uh, people now uh, have time to talk online. It's not the same. I understand there is a certain feeling and vibration that is being um, created when humans are together. That's why we like to be in groups. That's why we don't like to be lonely and alone for a longer period of time. So reach out to people, but try to use this time productively. Try to be like, okay. I'm locked down with myself after the breakup. Okay, let's try to design my love life from now. Let's see what went wrong with all my relationships in the past. Let's see what I truly want, who I'm really looking for. And maybe that would be the best thing that happens to you. Okay, am I sounding now like a cuckoo person? No, absolutely not. And uh, we, uh, I mean, of course, we took the challenge a little bit lightly 
mm -hmm. the beginning, you know, with the first, uh, with the first, so to speak, uh, comments from my side. Uh, also, please take under consideration that last time I was single was very, very, very long time ago. Mm. I don't even remember how it was. But maybe you, Dennis, have any insights, uh, anything to share with our listeners on that topic? Yeah. Regarding? How, how the recent singles can, can cope in this situation, you know, when, when you are basically separated from, from people and you are sitting home alone with a heartache? Pornhub. And that is yet another <laughs> That's a completely different take. That's a completely different take. No, I, I, I really don't have anything to add to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you would tend to agree with us? I think everything you said made sense. I like that answer, Dennis. Now that we are at that question, we do have a question from uh, David Villanueva. <laughs> uh, to you, Dennis. How is your head? Uh, a bit sore. A bit sore. Okay. A bit sore. Yes. yes. That's, the, that's the answer. But okay. But okay. But okay. Yeah. And that's that's the, the the thing that matters the most. Okay, so that was our question. Uh, so that was the first question from our listener in uh, Germany, Hamburg. And now we will jump to a question uh, from uh, someone from Denmark. So the question is: Speaking of the new normal, one of its possibilities would be more of working from home. What would productivity look like working from home? Do you ladies think it will increase productivity or decrease it? So I believe that uh, that the listener is asking uh, how to be productive when you are working from home. So or, and will it decrease it or, or, or increase it? Yeah, but that that's I mean, you cannot say if it will increase it or decrease it because to one person it will decrease it and to mm -hmm. another person it will increase it. So it so depends on your personal, you know, makeup on your personal situation, mm -hmm. on your conditions at home uh, yeah. versus at work. I mean that I, I have to answer to this question. I cannot give one straightforward answer whether it will increase or decrease productivity. What I know is that you have to take under consideration working from home with kids or without kids totally is a completely different story and a completely different set of challenges mm -hmm. that you might have. Do you actually have a space for work? That's another, uh, you know, condition that can determine whether your productivity gets increased or decreased, mm -hmm. right? So I can tell you from my personal experience that for me, working from home can do both. So when I was already work, when I was still working in my full time job, I was sometimes going home so that I can be more productive. Because people at work were coming all the time. They were talking to me. They were asking me questions. They were disturbing. They were talking on the phone, 10 of them at the same time. And my productivity was some days very low. And I was actually going home to be able to do my work in peace. And I was extremely much more productive. There were days when I needed to work from home. For example, I had two out of my three kids sick. And then productivity when working from home was decreased. I was not able to do eight full hours of work from home for sure when I needed to attend to kids being ill as well. So that can be either way. What I can say that in those situations we are in the situation we are right now, many people have to work from home. Mm -hmm. So how can you actually increase that productivity? So first of all, I would say the most important thing I find is prioritizing. I think that you really have to sit down and look at your priorities. What is absolutely need to have and what is nice to have. That prioritization and taking care of the things that need to get done is absolutely the most vital. And also, if you are a parent who is at home with kids, what's your priority when it comes to work and your priority when, when it comes to your family? Because that's, you know, that's a really big question. What's your priority in those times? Do you need to talk to your boss and say, look, it's not realistic at all for me to work eight hours a day? 
because mm-hmm. I am with five kids at home and it and four of them are on homeschooling and need some support or whatever is the situation. Maybe it's absolutely not an option for you to work full time from home and how important it is for you to be full on at work and how important it is to be able to actually support your children in that time. So your prioritization first in relation to what are your values, what's the priority for you in regards to your values and what's the priority in tasks. And second is the boundaries. Very, very clear boundaries, especially if there are other people. And when there are children, if you have very small children, their ability to respect uh, boundaries is <laughs> very low. <laughs> with bigger kids is uh, is bigger. But sometimes it's also a matter when you are living with other adults. They might uh, need to use the same space as you are using. They might be loud. <laughs> They might be disturbing you. So having the human skill of... Uh, sitting down together and agreeing on those boundaries, whether it's with other family members or with, you know, whomever you need to do that, whether it's your boss with whom you need to work on boundaries. Uh, that's the second thing that I find the most important. And the third thing that I find the most important, and I actually don't know if it shouldn't be, the first one is just, you know, have your own back in it. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that you are in a good well-being and if it is too difficult, if it is too overwhelming, if you are so tired, overwhelmed and, uh, you know, that it's difficult to get anything done and you have been working 12 hours today already, take a freaking day off. Yeah, I uh, I like all of your uh, remarks, Marta. And following on them, I will uh, play a little bit of a role of a future forecaster, trend identifier, whatever that person shall be called, because I will try to make it a little bit more general. If I would have to look at the trends, you have pointed out very well that this is many times individual thing. It depends on many Um, different factors in the life of a person. But if we would look at the working from home as the new way of working in general, then I believe that it could happen that the productivity would decrease. Uh, the very obvious reason is what have Marta just mentioned. Most of people who are now forced to work from home are also home with their children. And I'm sorry to say that, but uh, yeah, unless you will work in the night uh, when kids are sleeping, it will be probably quite difficult for you to be productive when you have a child at home that you have to help with homeschooling, prepare lunch uh, and other things like this. Plus, we have to take in consideration that productivity is very much linked with your overall well-being. So now if you are having children home and you are also concerned or scared about the pandemic, uh, work might not be even your first or second or third priority. You know, you might actually try to work, but you might feel very distracted by, you know, what is happening. And many people don't even have a, a right mindset to focus into 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 doing their regular job because they don't find it that important, right? But let's say that we will go a little bit further in time and uh, we will say, okay, so we have the new normal and for um, different reasons, we have to work from home, let's say half of the time because maybe before we were traveling to work and now this is limited. Let's say that the kids, because many people don't have kids, we are also talking about young millennials right now. So now basically you have to work in a new way. And here the trick I believe that many managers perceive as trick is a lack of control over the employee, right? Because the fact that you are coming to a building and you are sitting in the office gives a impression of having more control over the employee, his time and the things he's doing. Uh, that impression, I believe, in some sense is a false impression because as I worked in corporation for many years, I can definitely tell you that there are ways of not being productive and yet being present in the office. So we, I believe, are many of us are still very attached to this idea of if a person is 
on the location and I can see him or her sitting at the desk, I can make sure that that person is working, which pretty much is a very false thing to think because that person can do a lot of, you, you cannot babysit an employee for eight hours, right? So that is, I believe, uh, somehow uh, uh, um, probably false premise. But this is how we were taught for decades, that this is how it works. People go to the office, we can control them, we can control when they clip their cart, when they came in, where they came out, how long they ate. It's all about control. For centuries it's been like that. Probably for centuries since the Industrial Revolution. So many managers have this set up in their heads. They think that in order to have people working productively, they have to be able to control them. That is not necessarily true. But the problem is that many of us feel the same as employees. So we think that if someone, no one is controlling me, I will probably kind of like uh, sleep all just on a basis of contradiction in my head. Now there is no control. I won't do anything. You know, like a kid who is like, mommy is not looking, I will do naughty things. But it cannot go on like this forever. So I guess people will have to learn how to... Uh, operate in this new thing. And then I think there is trillions, as Marta said uh, before privately to me, articles and tips on how to stay productive. You have to build your own routine that you are waking up maybe at the same amount of time and you are setting your priorities and doing this and that and that. It's possible, but this is a change. And it's a change for a lot of people at the same time. When we go through a change, especially in business and management, it will take some time for people to adjust and catch up. But I believe that in the long term, this can definitely increase productivity if we are learning this right. That's my opinion. But I believe the first weeks or months could be quite chaotic. <laughs> there is a silence. No, I'm just uh, hoping to be allowed to elaborate on that. Of course you are. Um, I am struggling to remember which newspaper I read the article in. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it was an article, I'm trying to summarize it, it was a, a, a big piece. And to summarize it, it the, the writer, he wrote about a, a possibility for a change in paradigm regarding the way we work. Because mm -hmm. you mentioned the eight hours. Can I work eight hours? And uh, the article suggests that maybe it's it's an old it's an old way of looking at it. Looking at it, that we have to work eight hours, because really what we need to do is to do the task at hand. And if we can solve the task at hand in six hours, mm -hmm. then why feel bad about the two hours? Why why struggle to find something else to do in the two hours? And so the the whole article was about they they've made a, a bunch of interviews. It was in Denmark and. They they interviewed a lot of people who were working from home. Of course, not everybody can work from home. Some industries, you, you just can't do them at home. But of course, they focused on the people who are working at home now and doing the same, the exact same thing as they were doing on a regular basis because they could do it on their computer, on the internet, and they can communicate and they had meetings online and all this stuff. And what, what they found out from, I don't know how many people they interviewed, but generally, everybody spent less time doing the exact same amount of work. So they did practically as, as if there was no lockdown. The, the company had their, their task solved, everything was like normal, except they spent less time doing it and from home. Mm -hmm. And so the, the whole piece was about, can, can we free up a lot more time for people to be at home, nobody needs to to be cut in their paycheck, and and we still it's still called full time work, because there's so many tasks and, and you, but if you can do them in in four hours or six hours, and hey, kudos, go to the forest with your kids, if they're home, and maybe it's a chance for a, a complete revision of how work is done. I have to say I completely agree and uh, I believe that a lot of premises on which the current managerial styles are built, the traditional ones, are, uh, are very old and uh, they don't fit to the modern times, in my opinion. And Marta, you have switched from corporation to being a, a self-employed person. Uh, you have built yourself a routine in the end of the day, right? So what I want to want to say is that 
I had pretty good flexibility at work mm-hmm. and uh, I've had a setup with, I had a great manager and uh, the thing was for me to deliver the mm-hmm. tasks and there is a learning curve for the same tasks at the beginning of my work I was taking many more hours than at the end of my work I could solve the same task probably in 25% of the time that I used uh, when I was learning to solve that task. My tasks were delivered in very high quality Mm -hmm. because I was uh, experienced already and I had a pretty good setup with my manager that was based on delivering the tasks much more than having to uh, work specifically uh, Mm -hmm. uh, hours specifically from the office, specifically from eight to four with 30 minutes uh, break. So for me, that was already working. By the end of my time working, we suddenly needed to start logging each and every single hour of our work. Mm -hmm. What do we do in each and every single hour? And registering that in the system. System was not flexible. So there was not even like a good possibility because if it was serving some purpose to see like really on what people are spending time and if it was to be used later to actually see that we don't have to spend uh, 40 hours a week and we can be still productive and so on. But it was not flexible enough to be actually able to do that either. Mm -hmm. And I found it as going into the opposite direction than the way I wanted to go. Because what is congruent with my view is uh, the view that we have just talked about here, that, you know, you are paid for delivering certain results. And do you do them on a beach? (laughs) You know, uh, do you do them in a forest? Do you do them in your desk? Do you do them in the office? That should be pretty flexible. That's for me already, you know, something that is been that was like that, you know, for years. Uh, Then it started to go the opposite direction. So also, obviously, naturally, I started to look for the ways to get myself out of there because that was just simply not congruent with how I wanted to work. Now we have to say that I am a person that is naturally well organized. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was not a problem to set up any routine. Uh, Many people say, you know, like that one of the biggest challenges when you are your own boss or when you are setting your own time is that routine and how you use your time well and so on. And that was not a big challenge for me at all. I was so excited that I could be my own boss, that I could set my own time. For me, that's still until now is the I'm so grateful for that, that I get to do that, that I don't have something like, oh, I haven't been able to do my work, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I found myself one hour on Facebook and I haven't done what I was supposed to do. So for me, that was not a challenge. However, I must say that it does take an ability to manage distractions. It Mm -hmm. does take the ability to put away that phone and, uh, you know, manage my mind, uh, manage procrastination and so on. And I know some people struggle with it big time. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, Martin. I think that many companies have woken up with, we call it, uh, with a hand in a potty. That's a Polish way of saying, like, you know, uh, you basically, you were too late. You know, it's like uh, there were some signs that this might be a requirement for the future. But, uh, yeah, now you are paying consequences. I believe that many managers, many companies are still afraid of this work from home because of the things I already said, this control over people. I believe some people are afraid of this work from home because they believe they are incapable of self-organizing themselves. As Marta said, it's an ability. Some of us have it more natural. Some of us have to learn it. And I believe what was what would have been the smart way to do it is to see at the current trends, realizing that we are interconnected society, we are global, and start to slowly implement this new way of working, trying to teach people things like how to self-organize your routine in the organizations, trying to actually send people. You have a choice if you want. You can now try to work from home two times a, a week. Start to do the pilot studies. Now, I believe some companies are like, fuck. They are all working from home. And I cannot control them and they cannot control themselves. And what the F is happening? Because you haven't prepared for that. And something that was already discussed over and over for at least a decade, that this will be the reality of the future. 
And uh, by the way, I'm for hire if someone would like to, <laughs> uh, would like a consultant. But I believe that now we need to focus on the change management. Uh, of changing people's uh, attitude towards this in the organizations. Another thing is that I don't believe that working completely remotely is beneficial neither because I think that there are two things that has to be present when you are a part of an organization. One is the learning. So basically, there are many things that you have to learn when you enter a new company. And yes, we can do the online training and we can do a lot of things. But many of the things we learn, including the culture, is by observing others. Uh, there is a lot of uh, this kind of a shadow learning when, for instance, you are a new person and you sit with your colleague who is telling you how to do things. It is uh, very important, in my opinion, and to, uh, to have that. And then I also think it's healthy to have a social a relation of a kind with your co-workers. So uh, in my head, my proposition for the future of working would be to spend some percentage actually with people. Because uh, then you will actually not really, you are risking to missing out a lot of the social element of being in the organization from the cultural point of view. And I believe we should have been working on that already. And uh, let's see what the future say. But, you know, in the moment when everything crashes and changes at one moment, suddenly everyone works from home. I believe that managers are trying to think, how can I sustain my results instead of how can I create a new culture of working and self-managing uh, time by employees and staff. So I, I still think that the priority will not be on this when this is actually the most important thing in my opinion right now. Yeah, I wanted to share with you two things. One thing is that I had a trainee with whom I haven't met physically even once during the entire training program. Mm -hmm. uh, she was uh, working from home entirely mm -hmm. and we were meeting online uh, every day. Sometimes it were just short check-ins to make sure that she knows uh, what to do. Sometimes it were longer meetings. And we included the social part where some of our meetings were like coffee meetings, where each one mm -hmm. of us got ourselves a coffee and we were just simply making, you know, talking about how she's doing, how is it working for her to be there and never meeting physically and so on. So just wanted to share that with you, that it's absolutely possible depending on the type of work that you have, where you can have a very successful, very satisfying, fulfilling uh, relationship at work where you never see each other. Now, I would also like to share a comment from Agnieszka from Germany to that question that you have just shared, Anna. It's also very much culture based. For example, Germany is still so far away from Denmark in working from home that it makes the employees very frustrated where the processes, infrastructure, etc. are still not adjusted and some things just don't work. And that decreases your productivity and motivation. I completely agree as well. There we we have to admit we do look I, I do I am biased by what is uh, the working culture here, here in Denmark. Uh, that's a very good point. Thank you, Agnieszka, for your comment. Uh, yes. Um, how to and now the question, of course, right? Because the question I was quoting before was more about, you know, do we think it will increase or decrease productivity? And Marta was taking this individually. I was taking this more as a trend for the future. And now we have a comment here where uh, where um, our listener from Germany is saying, yeah, but not every country has the same process and infrastructure to facilitate working from home. What do we do now? Well, 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 well. I am not quite sure what to do in this situation. I think that this is mainly a big problem for the managers because they have to be able to motivate their employees. So we would, um, so there are two sides of it, right? I am an employee. I don't really have infrastructure to work from home. I don't feel supported. I don't get questions or the system is not working properly. How should I master my motivation and, and, and my productivity? And then on the other side of this question stands the manager who is thinking, how the hell can I do uh, stuff so this employee is working, right? Do you have any ideas how to answer to any of those people here? 
Well, what I would say is that this is such an amazing learning opportunity. And this really shows us which companies are flexible and which companies can actually adjust themselves to different types of situations and which not. And of course, I mean, if infrastructure is not working, if you actually cannot uh, connect from home uh, with uh, the company systems and so on, I mean, you really cannot work. Mm -hmm. Or if it is too difficult and your motivation is dropping down. And then it will also really show a lot about is that the right work or the right company for you? Because I'm always thinking about how I was reacting to the same kind of challenges in the time where I loved my work and I wanted to work that and I was passionate and how the same challenges were not a big issue because I really loved my work. I was passionate about the company and no matter the challenges, no matter, and the challenges were big how I was still positive, how I was meeting all those challenges, uh, you know, positively, and it was not impacting my motivation. And how in the same company with the same type of challenges later, I could not even get myself to, I couldn't figure out how do I get myself to do those things? Because simply that was showing me that there is something wrong with my relationship with that work. Mm -hmm. And of course, we are also humans. And sometimes we can have that productivity drop and motivation drop also because of other things. They are not only solely related to work. So it's also natural that uh, we as humans, we can face that kind of challenge uh, at work related to, for example, we are not coping very well mentally with the fear or, you know, pandemic mm -hmm. or yeah. whatever. And that's then a different, you know, kind of story. And that also shows who is a good manager who can approach their employee, mm -hmm. you know, in a compassionate way, in a flexible way, find a, situ find a solution in that situation and who really needs to upgrade on their skills in that time. I mean, that's the only thing I can say, maybe no, but very general. <laughs> I, I, no, I think you are actually on point here because uh, honestly, well, first of all, uh, something like a communication between the manager and the employee, regardless of how bad or good the systems are working, should be a prerequisite in those times to actually have some sort of productivity or motivation going. So I would uh, assume that the first thing to do, if I were a manager, I would... Uh, basically call my employees. I don't know, not maybe daily because then they would be like, um, can you please stop stalking me, manager? But I would have an honest conversations with my employees. What's going on? How can I help you? How, uh, you know, we see that the system is not working perfectly. What can we do so we can actually you know, maybe we can do some two hours of work on some. It's like you have to be creative. You have to have empathy and understand it. And as an employee, I also would expect that I have a manager to whom I can call and say, listen, this is not really working for me. If you don't have a manager like this or as a manager, you don't know if you can reach out to your employees like this, then you need to consider if you are in the right company. And if this is a right environment for you, and I believe a lot of people will have wake up calls during this time. Mm -hmm. I believe a lot of people will be wondering, is this really the way to go? And I think that this can also sound extremely insensitive towards those people who lost their jobs. But this is not the point because we have different countries, different realities and different cultures of working and while some people are struggling to find job other people might be struggling to keep their job even if technically they have a safe employment and um, I don't like to uh, compare things and uh, say this person has it worse and this has it better there are different realities okay but I do appreciate the fact that many people are currently unemployed. I am going to be unemployed from the next week because my maternity leave is ending, uh, I believe, in five or six days. And I have been applying for uh, jobs uh, since the beginning of March. 
And you can imagine how easy it is for me to find something now when practically um, it's it's hard to get hired when people are getting fired, right? Mm. So I'm talking now uh, from a perspective of a place a person who is facing an, um, uh, unemployment when my uh, life partner is self-employed and he's a musician. So imagine we are a match made in a, a beggar's heaven. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to keep my spirit high, of course, uh, but this is a problem for me as well, because if you are locked home with no help from colleagues, with system breaking down and uh, with no way to master your motivation or productivity, this is a torture in itself. So all the problems are important. Um so I believe that uh, this will be a wake-up call for companies, for employees, for people. There will be a lot of thinking and a lot of decision-making. And at the same time, uh, it's also important to give a little bit of patience uh, mm -hmm. to that manager, to that company, to that employee. Uh, so approach it each other with empathy and patience because mm -hmm. it is true. Some types of jobs, some companies, some infrastructures, some processes are not adjusted for that and it might take some time. So it is also a very good valid point, you know, to get a little bit of that patience and empathy running both ways. Yes, I agree. Okay, so we have spent actually uh, quite a big uh, chunk of this show on two questions, but I think it's also rather refreshing to talk, talk about a bit of a different aspects of, of the situation we are in. Uh, let's see how many more questions we will be able to, to take. Uh, so question number three that I would like to ask you, Marta and Dennis, and myself is... Um, the question to both of you, Anna and Marta. What has been the funniest experience during the lockdown? <laughs> now I wish I have prepared myself. Actually, I knew, of course, we received that question and I told myself, Marta, remember to think about any funny experiences and then I forgot to think about it. Anna, do you have something prepared so that you can go first and then uh, I think in the meantime? Well, I could say that the funniest thing, and it was kind of scary, but now when I think about it, it's, uh, it's so ridiculous that it made me laugh in the end. So it was, I think, around three weeks ago. You know the story. I went to the supermarket, to the local Futex. Futex, Dennis? Futex? Thank you. And I just went around. I was minding my own business. Probably I had a headset. Of course, you know, I keep all the rules and stuff uh, and I stay away from people, which I naturally do because I'm a, I'm a bit of a psychopath joke well anyway i was keeping the distance okay so i made my shoppings i paid and i had the headset on and then we have this revolving door that you you are using to leave and it's um, it's a huge revolving door and there are four uh, four boxes that you can enter and in one box normally you can have up till six people i guess without the door stopping so uh, as the rule is to keep a two meters distance from people and i actually can more or less evaluate the distance uh, when i saw one person coming in the other person can come in and of course be at the end of the box and still walk right so i was just standing there with my headset and i saw a gentleman in front of me who entered and i decided to enter with him of course i gave him a second to make a distance from me and then I heard something, but I had a headset on. So I heard something in Danish. Like, Someone was pretty much, let's call it, talking to me in a very high uh, pitched and uh, high volume voice. And that was a lady who, as I understood, wanted to stop me from going into that box with that gentleman. Because maybe in her head, he should be alone there. You know, two meters, it's not enough. Or maybe she thought I will uh, hug him or kiss him in the neck or something. But what she has done, she actually came so close to me. She was, I think, I believe 50 centimeters from me. And she was trying to grab me by a hood of my jacket. So basically she herself 
violated all the rules of social distancing and this two meters mm -hmm. just to stop me. So I won't go uh, with that guy in one box. Of course, I got quite like, oh my God, what is happening? Someone is attacking me in a supermarket. And I went in and of course the doors st started to roll and I saw this sudden realization in her eyes when she was like, oh my God, I myself have broken the rules. So I have seen her with that kind of an angry yet confused face because I turned around when I was in a box. It was totally bizarre. And then the gentleman left and I left after him. And then I turned around and I saw her in the next box And then I realized she was with that gentleman. So they were, I don't know, a couple, brother, sister, whatever. But then they were looking at me and they went together in one car. And I was wondering, not only she risked her life <laughs> by almost touching me, she also is with that, guy in with that guy in one car. Why did she separate herself from him? in a revolving door when then they went into the car and they were sitting next to each other side by side. Couldn't wrap my head around it. At the beginning, I was quite scared. I will be honest with you guys. But then I couldn't stop laughing. It was so ridiculous. And I was like, people are really funky these days. You know, they really, they really act weird. And then, one, then there was another story I've heard from uh, from a friend of mine, and she said that one gentleman who was forced into a quarantine, I cannot tell the whole story because I don't remember. He was forced into the quarantine because either he came from another country, for instance, in Poland, we have two weeks obligatory quarantine, regardless if you are sick or not sick, tested or not tested, you have to be two weeks at home. And uh, he was so desperate to get out because uh, police is checking you up. You know, every day they knock on the door and see if you are home. And that is at any given hour. So from what I understood, he dressed himself as a woman in order to leave the house. <laughs> so the police who <laughs> normally sit somewhere, I don't know, in a car in the bushes or crosses by that they know him because, you know, you actually can build a relationship with a policeman if he's knocking at your door two times a day. So just to get disguised, <laughs> he dressed himself as a woman to leave the house. So things people do. That's the only, I guess, relatively funny things that I came up with. Well, I must say that I uh, I have an impression that I just cannot remember. I, I remember myself laughing many times during the quarantine and probably I can just not remember. The only thing I remember that was like a fun experience was something that I already shared. And mm -hmm. it was related to me going on to Italian news uh, and um, like a completely spontaneously agreeing to do an interview video, making videos of how it is actually uh, in Denmark. And uh, I remember that the day was supposed to be beautiful and I was sure that I'm going to show this, uh, you know, great, beautiful spring weather that the kids are playing nicely, you know, like sent hope and uh, started to be very windy, in, very cold. And I needed to record like my kids putting layers and <laughs> layers of clothing. And I was like, damn it, they, they will probably think I'm like a horrible mom, you know, sending their kids, uh, her kids into the cold weather that was cold only for one hour. And then the, the sun that was supposed to come out uh, did come out later on. And uh, I had my friend uh, writing to me from Italy, uh, Marta, I just show you, I just, I've just seen you on Italian TV. What were you doing there? I could not even hear what you were saying. I was just like, I know her, I know her. So that was like the most fun experience. Yeah, I, so think, I think you have hinted on that in one of the shows. We then recorded this whole story in a show that we never aired. Ah, okay. So it's good that I gave a bit of a background story. <laughs> yes, because uh, ladies and gentlemen, Marta Rodriguez-Karpovic uh, was uh, featured in Italian national news. I will now be able to actually attach the video uh, clip to our show notes because Marta, you were... Um, showing basically how to send kids, how you are sending your kids uh, to school after the quarantine. Yes, yeah. and I also wanted to mention that now they have gone there for uh, almost three weeks mm -hmm. and they are healthy, mm -hmm. they are happy. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of any COVID-19 cases, neither in the school 
nor in the kindergarten. Mm -hmm. In the kindergarten, I must say, not all the kids are going. There mm -hmm. is less kids coming to the kindergarten. As far as I hear in the school, at least in my child's class, all the kids are coming. So despite fears of many uh, parents, uh, what to do with that, I can now from my own experience say that it's working all right because uh, the cases are supposed to, you know, spread between 2 to 12 uh, days. Uh, we have now passed that mark uh, quite a while ago mm -hmm. and it's going it's going all right it's going safe and my kids are very happy to be back uh, at school and kindergarten it's good to hear that's really good to hear uh we have still six mil minutes to be uh here live on our with you guys well then it says five i see six so you know we will see who will win of course it will be dennis can i share something that we got funny thing from uh, from our listener yeah. that david Villanueva <laughs> <laughs> about the funniest thing so reading a a, a comment here from uh, dave yeah the funniest thing I've seen is being asked for a seat reservation facing up to 750 kronas when you are the only one in the train at midnight. Yeah, that 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 is a funny story when when basically you are um, yeah the little background uh, Dave was coming back from his uh, recording studio in a train and uh, now the law is that you have to buy a seat reservation not buy it's for free you have to just reserve it online or you have to buy it for free in the in the how is it called the the ticket, uh, the, the ticket uh, boot, boot, right? And uh, the ticket boot was not working. It was not giving those reservations. And as he had to go back home, he was like, okay, I will just go in and see what's the situation. Uh, there was uh, literally one more person in a train <laughs> with him. So basically you had like three va wagons for yourself. And then the, the conductor came and he started to ask for a seat reservation. And he was like, well, listen, the machine is broken and actually when machine is broken it's in the responsibility of the railways to actually um, you know to take it into consideration because i had situations like this the machine is broken 7-eleven is closed uh, the train is empty anyway so you know it's like uh, what's the problem and the conductor was trying to give him 750 kronas fine because he has to have that seat reservation for that empty train. It would be uh, funny if it wouldn't be tragic in the same time, but thank God he didn't have to pay in the end of the day. Here again, empathy and compassion yeah. uh, working both ways uh, is such a good and helpful tool. Yeah. The conductor guy could be very stressed and worried for his work. We don't know his situation. Surely, um, that's true. The passenger might be very stressed and needing to come back home. Maybe there is no other train anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is no time and really no way to get that seat reservation. So, you know, keeping uh, a sense of responsibility, uh, compassion, empathy and uh, sensibility, you know, uh, yeah. both ways is so important. That is that is correct, especially that some people are losing job and they simply don't have uh, necessarily money to pay now for a very weird uh, crime that doesn't even exist. The last question, and we have probably according to Dennis two minutes, but I see three because we can also talk over our outro. Well, just a statement from each of you. Yes. Uh, so the listener is asking, after forced vaccination for humanity, could we state that taking three weeks break from everything every year like we did this year would actually benefit us? Yes. As long as it's not forced, but our free will choice. Yes. Mm? Uh, what forced vaccination? Uh, that's the question I, I have received. So uh, I think the assumption is that after the humanity will be vaccinated, so after we will be able to live normally. Uh, okay, uh, so I maybe, yeah. Yeah, say because uh, I will say it again. After forced vaccination for humanity, could we state that taking three weeks break from everything every year, year like we did this year, would actually benefit us? Very confusing and very difficult question for me. There might have been a statement that is <laughs> smuggled in this yeah, question. The, the premise is after forced vaccination and there is no forced vaccination. Uh, yet. 
I guess. I don't know. It, 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 it's a hypothetical. Then let's agree like this. After all of this is over, right? Yeah. After the COVID-19 is not a pandemic anymore. Could we state that taking three weeks break from everything every year, like we did this year, would actually benefit us? Definitely, yes. F yeah, especially if it would be free. I mean, yeah. we could freely agree to it rather than being forced, yes. Yeah, yeah I believe that if we would f could freely uh, go for it, if that would be a possibility, yeah. I think it would benefit us. Look at, look at the, the pollution levels all over the world. They've just yeah. crashed, gone so far down. Could, and some people yeah. really like finding themselves uh, now in the lockdown. So, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone, for the questions. Thank you. We will hear each other Hope next week. Enjoyed this episode Bye. and that you will come for more. That's all, folks. <laughs>